This is the Dave Glover Show with Dave, Rachel, and Kevin. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring Outlet. The flooring experts. I got floor.com. It's 4.05 here on DGS. Dave, Rachel, and Andrew out this week. Uh, They'll all be back, as I will be, coming up next Tuesday. But happy to be with Hancock and Kelly here and happy to have Howard Richards with us. Of course, one of my favorites. Uh, He does the color commentary for the Missouri Tigers. And, of course, the Missouri Tigers taking on Ohio State in the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic tomorrow night. Great matchup. Um, it's always great to talk to you, Howard. Thanks so much for your time. Hope you had a great Christmas and in advance, in case I forget later, happy new year to you, sir. <laughs> That's a mouthful, but hey, happy <laughs> new year to you, Kevin. I hope you had a great Christmas as well. And I know you and I have been going back and forth about this, but we got to have that, that connection. We got to have that meetup sometime soon and you, to share that adult beverage. I'm telling you, we are going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to email you or text you after we're done. We've been talking about this for years <laughs> and we have weird different schedules. Um, and I know you're obviously, we can't do it tomorrow cause you're in Texas, <laughs> yeah, but true that, unless you're flying down. <laughs> oh, I can't. I wish I could. I can't. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it, man. This, if you had said before the year, that Mizzou is going to finish the year number nine, that they're going to face Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl, I would have been like, not so sure. But I have been super impressed with what they've done. Well, I will tell you this, Kevin, and I'm probably the only person on the planet that actually predicted Mizzou's record to be 10-2 and this year. Oh, wow. In the regular season. And I don't know how I did it, but actually picked – them to win every game that they won. And of course, the games that they lost, I picked those two. Okay. Don't know how it happened, but it did. Uh, and so people ask me, well, you know, what did you know that we don't know? And I said, well, you know, I spend a lot of time around this team. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent time with the team in the spring and throughout the summer. Um, I have a little more insight. I, I know a, a lot about what makes these players tick. I know their attitudes. I know that this whole something to prove uh, hashtag that they've been using all season is not fake. It's not contrived. It's a real thing, uh, which is why a majority of those players opted to come back in 2023 because they felt like they left something on the field last year. Uh, we know about the four losses to um, Auburn, Kentucky, Florida, uh, and um, who's the other team? Um, anyway, by 18 points. And, you know, it left a sour taste in their mouths Mm -hmm. and they wanted to, they wanted that taste to be a lot sweeter. And I think that is what motivates this team. Um, They have a very, very close knit familial relationship within that locker room. Um, They respect the hell out of Drinkwitz. And I think it just, you know, it's, it's, it's almost a perfect storm. You know, everyone has come back and support each other and, um, you know, if not for a few self-destructive mistakes, this team could easily be 12-0 in the college football playoff. Um, and I say that, you know, knowing a lot about the sport of football. Um, and and I'm, I'm happy for them. Uh, I know the guys that um, they did have didn't get to taste success earlier in their careers in Mizzou. So for the seniors, the guys that will be playing their last game in a Tigers uniform, uh, I want them to go out with a bang and, and to beat Ohio State. 
Howard Richards is our guest Mizzou football analyst uh, here in the state of Missouri. Mizzou preparing for this massive game tomorrow night. You know, the first couple of games of this season, Howard, the offense wasn't exactly overwhelming uh, for Mizzou, and there was some concern expressed. They won a couple of those games that could have easily, should have maybe even been blowouts. Did you have concern? Were they holding back the playbook some at that point, or what was happening as this team evolved from the start of the season? No, I do believe that, um, first of all, I think there were some kinks to work out. Uh, But I also believe that uh, this team was not showing its full deck of cards. Uh, And why would you? When you know you have a, at the time, uh, a component, an opponent coming up in Kansas State uh, that beats you like a drum last year at their place. Um, and that you'd have to have you know, everything in the tank to be able to come back and beat them this season. Um, so it made sense from my perspective that you don't, you didn't need to show your entire playbook. You can be a little more conservative and do what you needed to do to win those games. Um, but you knew you had to open it up. This is what this offense has, had been touted uh, all offseason, especially hiring Kirby Moore uh, to come in and make a difference in this offense. And, with that Kansas State game and, and ultimate victory, that's when things started to open up. And I think this team realized, hey, we, we just beat a top 15 team. Um, we're good enough to play with teams if we you know, really apply ourselves and execute. Um, we can play better. And I think from that point forward, they started to play better each and every week. It wasn't perfect by any stretch. You know, there are times there were too many penalties and, and other self-destructive things. But they were able to get it done. You know, they had some close battles late in games, and they were in every game, of course, even the ones that they lost. Um, but I think that they, they they grew up, they learned how to be a fourth-quarter team, and they made the plays necessary uh, when they needed them the most. And, and, and that's why this team was able to persevere and prevail uh, and ultimately win 10 games. Howard, am I uh, going a little too far if I, if I give too much credit – for the offense becoming what it was able to become based on the development of Luther Burden the third. And it's not a knock on anybody else. I mean, Cody Schrader has had an amazing season and is an amazing story. I feel like the emergence of Burden as more than a talent, but as a game changer has really opened everything else up. You got to account for him on every play. And I think that is, it feels like from an outsider, not seeing it like you are, that's helped Brady cook, that it's opened things up for the running game, and he is just such a special talent. He truly is, and, uh, you know, he showed marked improvement from his freshman season. But I said it last year. Luther Bird is not the savior for Missouri's offense, for Missouri football. He's just not. He can't be. He's one guy. Right. It's going to take a full complement of, of players to get this team where it needs to be. You also have to take into account what Cody Schrader did for this team this season. And, and he did a lot. Uh, but I, I think I won't, I won't say more importantly, but I, I'll say as importantly, what Brady Cook did, you know, from where he ended up last season, going through off-season shoulder surgery, mm-hmm. uh, being ready, getting his mind right to, A, prepare for a quarterback competition, and within, you know, uh, the first what week, 10 days of camp, it was, he was clearly uh, the, the starter. He was going to be the starter. 
but the young man works hard. He's, he's only ever wanted to be a quarterback for the University of Missouri Football Tigers. Um, and, and in my opinion, there was nothing that was going to derail him from that. But he took it seriously, man. He worked so hard. And I think he, the improvement that you saw, uh, irrespective of the injury, um, he gets a lot of credit for getting this offense, to getting the ball into the hands of Burton. You know, through with a lot more accuracy this year. Yeah, he threw some picks, but listen, that's part of the game. Uh, but I, I think he showed the mental toughness to be able to rebound from the mistakes that he made. He did a lot with his legs. He made some big plays for this offense this season. And uh, irrespective of what Burden has done, irrespective of what Schrader did this year, you know, that offense doesn't go without Brady Cook. Um, but they were they were really, really good this year. And, you know, just think you get Burden back next year. Uh, you get Brady Cook back next year. Uh, you lose, of course, Schrader. Uh, but I think the Tigers are going to reset and, and be very well equipped at the running back position. Uh, and you get, you're getting all those receivers back next year as well. Mookie Cooper's coming back. Pretty sure Theo Weiss will be back as well. Um, they're going to reload along the offensive line. And then you got a young talent at, at the tight end position who, to me, the sky's the limit if they figure out a way to use him more regularly. Um, I'm, I'll be excited, you know, to see how this, this offense unfolds uh, before the 2024 season. Many, many years ago, I fell in love with a Mizzou running back by the name of James Wilder. Went on to have a very <laughs> decorated career in the NFL. Uh, Cody Schrader, he's five foot nine. Um, he's got a heart the size of Mount Rushmore. Is there a future in the National Football League for Cody Schrader? I believe there is. And here's the thing. You, you mentioned the size of his heart, which you mentioned it's the size of Mount Rushmore. I think it's actually immeasurable. You know, what this kid brings from the standpoint of, of attitude uh, and work ethic um, and that I'm not going to be denied spirit that he carries with him. I don't know that he'll make a team. But I know that he'll absolutely get a shot to make a team. You know, people know who Cody Schrader is because of what he did on the field. Uh, he's a humble guy, but he believes in putting in the work. And that stuff, that mindset that he has, that's what makes NFL scouts drool over a guy like that. Because they know few, if any, are going to outwork him. And I'll just tell you, the, the key to success and longevity in playing in the National Football League, you've got to stay healthy, but it's about guys that outwork and refuse to, to be beat. Um, and, and that's what Cody Schrader brings to the table. Uh, it only takes one team, you know, and, and hopefully uh, he'll find that team, that team will find him, and, and he'll end up playing on Sundays. Howard, how about just a quick look from your perspective at Ohio State? I mean, clearly – uh, powerhouse program. They're in these types of situations every year. Obviously, for them, it's a disappointment when they're not in the college football playoff. And had they beaten Michigan, they would be uh, in that position. But they're going to be playing with a quarterback that hasn't played. Um, you know, McCord has transferred out, and they have a lot of talent on that team. Are we still? I, I was looking at this just before the show today. I, I'm seeing the reports that Marvin Harrison Jr. is not practicing, but we haven't heard of any like big names opting out of this game for Ohio State, but it sounds like they expect the big guys to play, obviously, while they're working in a new quarterback. 
Yeah, I think that's the case. You know, we we heard, I think, so many different reports about guys that were choosing to not play, uh, also known as opting out. Uh, but then the decision was made by some of those players to go go ahead and play in this game. Um, Emeka Egbuka, who is one of their outstanding wideouts, mm-hmm. uh, is choosing to play. I don't know about Travion Henderson, starting running back, uh, just yet. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. traveled with the team to Dallas. Uh, he's participated in some drills, but he has not worn a helmet. Uh, which would lead you to believe that he's probably not going to play. But listen, <laughs> as long as he's in the state of Texas and at Arlington Stadium, it would not put it past <laughs> me. If we see number 18 out there, you know, as, as a, you know, what, what he's done all week could have been, you know, working as a decoy. Um, and maybe he's that good that he doesn't have to wear a freaking helmet. <laughs> in practice. So I would not put it past Ohio State. The only ones that are going to be disappointed, and if he does play, is the people that refuse to buy tickets. Because I think they only sold less than two-thirds of their ticket oh, allotment. Wow. Uh, so it would be a big surprise, you know, if Harrison does play. Mizzou, you know, and, and they say this all season long. This is, this is how Drinkwitz prepares his team. And this is not a slight against Ohio State or any of their opponents. We don't care who we're playing. Yep. It's about us and how we prepare each week, you know, to execute and be the best football team that we can be. And if we're there, we're going to compete for four quarters. And we're going to win some games. We may lose some games, but we're going to be right there. That team's going to know that uh, they played the Missouri Tigers. I like that attitude. Um, You don't do anything necessarily special for guys that you just prepare. You play your keys. You you play disciplined ball. And you execute. Um, That said, yeah, they are going to start Devin Brown uh, in place of Kyle McCord, who was transferred to uh, Syracuse and who started for them all season long. Uh, I don't know what it says about the Ohio State program. I don't even know what it says about uh, Devin Brown because he has he's only thrown like 22 passes right. all season long right. um, through, uh, I think, a couple touchdown passes and one interception. So we don't know a whole lot about him. But again, for Missouri, it's about preparing for the position, not for the player. Uh, you do the things that you need to do. You get good inside pressure to pr- try to press the quarterback, surround the quarterback with your edge rushers, and he's either going to tuck it and run and panic when he's surrounded like that, or he's going to throw the ball up, uh, make air passes, and, and hopefully Mizzou can make plays and balls and intercepts and passes. That's what they're planning to do against no matter who the guy is that lines up under center. Obviously, the game will be kicking off at 7 o'clock tomorrow night on ESPN. Mizzou and Ohio State in the Cotton Bowl. Howard Richards, of course, will be on the call uh, with a friend Mike Kelly. And not not the one that's in studio. we got a different Michael Kelly in studio <laughs> here today. But obviously, you guys will have a great time. Have fun down there. Happy New Year to you. And I'm going to text you as soon as we're done. And we'll figure out a time once all this nonsense of travel and everything's done. We'll get together and hang out for a little bit. All right, my friend. Hey, happy new year to you. Happy new year to all the, the listeners that, that tune in on a regular basis on KMOX. Um, and, you know, nothing but, you know, have a have a safe holiday season for everyone. And you and I will get together and uh, and, and rehash some, some good old stories about <laughs> Missouri football and things beyond. Yes. Let's do that. Yeah, we got a lot to do. Howard, thank you so much, sir. All right, thanks, guys. Take care. That's Howard Richards, of course, the uh, – Analyst for the Missouri Tigers Radio Network. Such a great guy. See, I I love – I'm going to talk – I don't know how – he's never going to end the conversation with me, John Hancock. 
because I'm going to have hours of football stuff to talk about, and then I want to talk about the other stuff, too. Fascinating guy. Really yeah. is. I got all kinds of CIA questions. Oh, yeah. You think they'd still let me join? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Live and local, this is St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. John Hancock, and Michael here. Kelly. Yeah. Feelings on the band Kiss. Um, you know, I fairly positive. I, I think they they made some good contributions to music. Not my cup of tea necessarily, mm-hmm. but uh, their their musicianship was very solid. You think? Yeah. I've evolved as I've gotten older. Uh, I didn't like them and thought they were kind of a janky group when I was a kid. <laughs> you know what I mean? I kind of put them in this. I'm probably. How old, gonna, how old are you again? Um, I'm 47. Okay, we're close. I'm yeah, 52. But in the same same realm of like, uh, was it Rat? And, oh, they were they were before them. But all that kind of stuff yeah. uh, to me was lumped together. As I've gotten older and I've gotten into niche groups like the Dead, uh, etc., I've grown to respect them more. Yeah, Does that make sense. Yeah. So like, I'm a so me being just a little older than you and right. being a, like a rock music fan. They were such a big deal in the 70s. Yeah. Right. And I remember the 70s. I was born in 71, so the latter 70s, early 80s. I remember it. Like, Kiss was on my radio all the time. They were a really big deal. But I find it interesting. Like, they 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 were much more of a show yeah. than a musical artist. Right? Like, they're not the greatest musicians. They're not, you know, Paul Stanley was a good singer, but not the greatest singer but they had a show. Totally. Like they were, a th- and I think they weren't, I wouldn't say they were the first. A lot of people did different things, but they were the first to go that big with the, just the, it's more about the gimmick. The, yeah, yeah, a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the, the makeup, the spitting fire on the stage, fire, yeah. the blood, the demon look like they, they were all about the show and the show was bigger than the talent. I think. Because I look at them now, like back then they were stars. They were, I mean, they were making TV movies and like they were really, really big stars. But I don't think of them in the same musical light as other bands from that time. Like I listened to, you know, like Aerosmith's a better, they're better music. Yeah. Right. I think, I think even like, more legit. You know, Black Sabbath and Ozzy Osbourne when Ozzy went solo, like they're more, it's more music. Kiss was, I'm not saying the songs are bad, they're not because they're just fun. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, you know, songs. That's all they were. They were a fun band, but they elevated like the show. Yep. Yeah, but I think the I think some of their musicianship, they those guys are talented musicians. Oh, no, they're fine. Yeah. Yes, yeah. They're, yes. They just didn't. They don't have a lot of the other stuff. Like they like they weren't beyond. It's not like Eddie Van would, Halen. Eddie Van Halen was a w- different dude. Oh, would, yeah. Would you Next consider them player. a better group if they weren't? Tied to putting that makeup on and stuff. I don't stuff think and they ever would have been that. big. Yeah. I, if they didn't do that stuff, I don't think they would have been as you big. You might be right about I'm not that. saying they wouldn't have made it on music alone. Because their songs the are one cl- song, Their the songs one are catchy. The, is, is one of the best songs. Uh, I want to rock Yeah, and yeah. Their night. songs, they have a lot of great hooks. They got like their songs are sing-along songs. They have a lot of like great stadium songs. Right. 
But if not for the show, I'm not sure we hear all of them. Hmm. But because they were such a big, like, this song's great. If not for all of the other stuff, we may not have gotten this. Because at that time, you had to have something to get you there. And they didn't have the Eddie Van Halen, that, that kind of thing to separate them. But they had the image. And, well, and you think of all of the bands that never make it, which is most of the bands. It's yeah. like anything else. Most know. don't. You got to have a hook. Right. up with Matt Pauly here in a few minutes. There you go, Matt. Good job, Matt Pajeski. Throw a little Eddie in there. Nice. Old school Van Halen. Matt Pajeski is, he's grade A. Yeah. He's grade A boy. He's my son. Yeah, there you go. Wow. Congratulations. Not really. We just joke because we're both gingers. Well, yeah. I joke. I don't yeah. think he thinks it's funny. <laughs> Not really. Well, for for, for long time <laughs> listeners of KMOX, I feel like Matt Pajeski is the new... Uh, going to be the new Chris Myhill around here. Wow. High praise. I think he's going to have praise. longevity. Uh, and his skill set is is impeccable. Look at you. Yeah. Throwing out comparisons. Yeah. Well, no. Listen, Chris Chris is the GOAT, right? Yeah. But I, I think Pajeski's on that uh, that track. Look Thank at you, Matt, getting compliments. Thanks. Nice yeah. sweater. Appreciate that. That wasn't smart ass either. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Kind of. No, yeah, it's nice. It is. It's nice. <laughs> no, it's a nice sweater. Thanks. Cable knit, Don't right? you think? Yeah. It's nice. Um, I, uh, I I can't like... wear much white though because it would be stained. Well, and... isn't that the truth? Yeah, isn't that the truth? When did that start in your lives? How old were you when you six started months? Feeling... I was yeah. gonna say when I was four. Yeah. It's I mean... just recently it's starting to happen to me. I can't. You know, we go out for dinner. Georgian orders the lobster bisque soup. I love oh, lobster. Oh, that's so good. So good. And yeah. I sippy cup. And I as soon as I start <laughs> to order it, I think. Wait a minute. I'm going to be wearing it. It's, I'm going to be wearing it. So I can't have the lobster bisque soup. Terrible. Well, you can. You just have to, you got to do the bib thing. Yeah, you know. but yeah. then you look like a, Who you cares? Know. I know. Who cares? who cares? Well, that's an excellent point. Yeah, I'm I a, mean. I'm a big fan of the who cares philosophy. So I sometimes bring coffee in on Sunday mornings before our show. By the way, did I tell you that we have a television show on Sunday mornings at 830 on Fox 2 in St. Louis? Uh, I, I believe I knew that. It's called the Hancock and Kelly Show. Nice. Andy Banker is the moderator. Um, and uh, this week we're going to be looking at the year ahead, correct? The year ahead. That's Ooh, right. Prognosticating. Yeah. But uh, I bring in the coffee uh, in the morning sometimes from Starbucks. And my biggest concern, the second I hand it to both Andy and John, I said, check your lid. Because my biggest fear of a coffee place is, you know, somebody not checking their lid when I bought it for them. <laughs> and then they ruin their shirt. And, you know, 10 minutes later we're on TV. Yeah. yeah. I'd be the guy on TV with stains all the time. Would you? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, you I carry so. a tie. That's stick? why you buy. That's why you buy ties the color of your dinner. I just yeah. buy. I buy. I don't have much that's just white. I have a couple of white T-shirts. They very rarely go on the outside. They're usually underneath another shirt. And I don't mean like like the underwear T-shirt. I mean like yeah. they're actually like white yeah. T-shirts you could wear in public. I very rarely do it because I'm afraid. Really? I'm what afraid. What are you like a seal? You put this stuff on your chest and slap it, or I what? just don't. <laughs> I just don't pay a lot of attention. <laughs> You know, like, yeah. And well, stuff happens between the you know the plate and the and the and the mouth. I mean, stuff sometimes, happens. sometimes they do. Sometimes it does happen that way. Just yeah. the way it rolls, man. Well, yeah. I'm a bit of a brute, in case you don't know. Yeah, I, I like that about you. 
<laughs> I like that about you. Like, I don't have a what? lot of flash. Why I don't is have it a lot ex- of style. Why is it acceptable to go to, like, a crab restaurant and wear a bib, but yeah. not wear one in an Italian restaurant with minestrone or, or you know, lobster bisque? I don't know. I, just, I think uh, we should normalize the bib. The bib. I'm for the bib. For grown men and Tula's restaurants. Tula's got one of these bibs that actually catches, catches the food. It. And sometimes there's some good little nuggets yes. in there that you can get I'm back I'm thinking in. I could I could be get down with this thing. <laughs> I mean, I'd Gus probably, would be mad. I'd probably, yes, he would. I'd, I'd probably weigh another 10 pounds. But, uh, so the dog would weigh less. Yeah, the dog would weigh less. I know what bibs you're talking about. It's almost like it's got a little cradle there. Yes. Right? And it catches everything. It's amazing. It yeah. really is. I'm all for a grown-up bib. That's yeah. fine. Well, it's acceptable in some settings, but yeah. not others. Yeah. Yeah, man, like, it's not acceptable, like, white tablecloth. So I went to a clam bake at the Kennedy compound. Oh, <laughs> she, she. Well, right? Listen to yeah. you there, big right. guy. So I was there, and it was the, the whole Kennedy family was Ask there. Ask not what you And they, right, and they had, I, by the way, I was in his house. And, was uh, why is it, what, 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 what makes it a, what makes it a compound as opposed to a mansion? Uh, because it's one house with like five others there oh, on so the property. Yeah, so it's so it's, it's like a, a cult. bunch of and, and it's like Kenny Bunkport. Yeah, exactly. And it's mm-hmm. not huge second houses. The big house that that the senator lived in and that his father had lived in was Spada. enormous. Father, and uh, but but like President Kennedy's house was you know about not the footprint wasn't much bigger than this room we're in. You know, and the they had a couple of yeah because they're they would all hang out at the big house. Right. It was more of the place they'd go sleep. Anyway, I was there for a clam bake, and I had they they handed out the bibs. Well, some one of my buddies was taking pictures of me, and to this day, Ed and others yeah. still <laughs> murder me with these photos of me looking like an idiot with you know a bib at the Kennedy <laughs> compound. Like, hey, hey this is me, yeah. <laughs> high society. Yeah, but nice. even they were doing it though, right? No, because I all of a sudden I look around. I'm the only one with the bib on, and oh. they're taking pictures. Well, of did me, they and give like, you the bib? Uh, yes, it so came they with gave the, you so the bib. You you where you, you're going to do the respectful thing I wasn't and wear the gonna bib. Ruin my clothes no. if I'm going to meet the senator and That's it. you know have all that stuff all over me. There you, you gotta, go. You got to refine the art of not caring. Yeah. Did he? Uh, now you've did, been did to Kenny Bumport. Yeah, right? I have. Did he drive you home, Kenny? I used to think that was a person. By the way, we had a. Oh, Kenny Bunkport. When I was a kid, I heard that. And I'm like, who's Kenny Bunkport? Same same story, like one giant house and then a couple of oh, little cabin no, types. Several, no, the houses are all nice. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's a it's a great property and um, just what a fine family, the Bush family. Right. And, you know, I can't yeah. say enough. They're wonderful people. You guys hopped up with the Kennedys. These guys <laughs> can't like, say enough. Oh, yeah. I hung out with the Bush family. It was me. It was the Kennedys. And for me, it's like Jim. <laughs> <laughs> my buddy Jim from high school. <laughs> no, whatever. How is Jim Dave. doing these days? Edmonds? Jim? Jim no, Ed- he's doing great. Yeah. Law firm's going well. Good. Oh, yeah. this is your old boy. Oh, I thought you meant my Jim. My That's buddy what I was Jim. talking about. Yeah, yeah. I was school. just texting with Jim the other so, day. Wow. I went to use the restroom at the end of that interview when you guys said uh, you'll be on with Mike Kelly, and you said it's not the real Mike Kelly. Well, no, I didn't say real. Yeah. I said not the, the other. one that's here. Right. Hancock yeah. came up with the best line like 10 years ago, and somebody said, oh, are you Mike Kelly with the Tigers? He goes, no, this one chases the Cougars, not the Tigers. <laughs> I mean, no lies detected. <laughs> right. It's all true. It is all true. Uh, you guys, thank you for doing this. Oh, it's okay. our pleasure. If you guys want to hang, you're welcome to. Matt no. Pauly's going to jump in and talk a little sports. Mm-mm. But if you'd like to get a little jump on the traffic, yes. yep, you're Happy welcome New Year to do so. Man. Yeah, Happy New Year, guys. Wheels. Happy New Year. We'll see you next week, I'm sure, sometime. Peace. Next year. News. 
Talk Sports. The voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Caught up near the end of DGS. Good to have our buddy Matt Pauly jumping in. I have, hope you guys had a, a good Christmas, Matt. Everything goes smooth? Yeah, it was good. You know, I've got uh, a four-year-old daughter. Which means you guys just, had fun. Yeah, we had a blast just watching her go from present to present and be so excited. And it's kind of fun to figure out, you know, which ones, uh, which presents are the ones that she liked the most. And sometimes that's a little bit of a surprise. Of course, she ends up playing with boxes and tissue paper by the end of the day. All right, so uh, you, my daughter's a little older than your daughter. Uh, she's 26. And I would say we're going on about 10 years now where the kid is getting adult gifts like grown-up things, clothes and makeup and stuff like that. And dad is getting video games. And like this year, for example, you want to you hear some of the things I got this year, Matt? I'd love to. So one of the things I wanted badly and I now have is like this utility knife that is like got three different screwdrivers and it's got a bottle opener and a can opener. It's got all this because I'm always out like coaching and things and I don't have a scissors. This thing has little scissors on it. Like it's got every little tool. So I get that little boy thing and I got my wife got me a whole bunch of cool pranks to play on people. Like Which you love doing. I, I know. To that. And yes. I'm not going to tell you what they are because you might experience some of them. Okay. But that's the stuff. Like I'm getting toys. And my kid is getting grown-up stuff. So I don't, I'll be curious, like, when do you think you'll cross that line? Do you think you'll ever be the one getting the kid stuff with your kid getting the grown-up stuff? I mean, I think so, it's maybe at some point. But, and honestly, Although you're not as immature wife, as we, me, so. I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty good at being immature. <laughs> uh, you know, I like a fart joke as much as the next oh, guy. Oh, so, well, look out. Uh, you know, That's one of the pranks. Uh, okay, there you go. Uh, but, like, this year, you know, while while our daughter's so young, quite honestly, uh, my wife and I, we get a few kind of small things for each other, uh-huh. but we really focus more on on uh, our daughter than anything yeah. else. So maybe as she gets older and as, you know, we're pressing the reset button since we're going to have another one in June. Mm-hmm. Uh, so once they uh, once they make it through their 18-plus years, maybe we, you know, my wife and get I back start to really focusing more on each other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've all, I've definitely been there, done that. When, they, when you've got younger kids, obviously, they're going to be the ones that – are getting the the correct and correctly so by the way getting the not not just the attention on that morning but uh they are the priority you know absolutely yeah. and by the way that's more fun too i'm not going to lie like when my kid was that age that was seeing her do that stuff was a way more fun than getting anything yeah so like we do the thing where um you know, there's some gifts that, you know, obviously Santa brought, and they're not wrapped. They're just all set up. Well, yeah. So just her, her face when uh, she comes into the living room in the morning and she sees a couple of the bigger gifts that Santa left for her, like, all ready, right there, ready for her to play, it's uh, it's so good. Very good. Glad to hear. Um, obviously, got a lot going on. Uh, not, not a lot going on in baseball. It's been pretty quiet. Are you surprised at all? that it's remained quiet for the cards here lately or do you think they're just kind of letting the relief market sort itself out and will because because they now have the luxury to do that they don't have to be in any big hurry yeah I think it's more of that I think it's more of the time period that we're in right now just not that nothing is happening but almost nothing is happening across baseball right now so uh, let, let's get through these next three, four, five days. Let's get into midweek next week. And I'm sure at that point, uh, the baseball 
insiders are going to be uh, percolating with all kinds of potential news. And you'll see what the Cardinals do. I, I, I'm still a big believer that they do not have enough in the bullpen right now to consistently cover the seventh, eighth, and ninth innings of close games. And I want them to add in that area. Yeah, I would agree. And, you know, you know my way of putting it, my weird way of putting it is – they, they still need another one or two guys that are yes. Yes, we know what they are. Not maybe, not could be, not hopefully, not if things go like they did for the last month of last season. But guys, they're like track record. They just plug and play. Let's go. Do they have that in the bullpen right now? Uh, I think you have one if he's healthy. But that, no, that, then, then no, because well, that's an if. Going to back to what you just said, it can't be a if yeah. this, if that. Like the if healthy thing is a big part of it. There's, I assume we're talking about Ryan Helsley. Yeah. He has not shown the ability to to stay healthy. Yeah, and you know Gallegos has been that, but last year raised some of that. What if, right? Right, and I mean, we have that not was the seen first... him pitch. We haven't seen him pitch in the pitch clock era effectively yet. Yeah, that's an interesting point because he was always a slow worker, and it may have had more of an impact. And hopefully, another year. Uh, will help get to that. But I, I think that's, you know, there, there are still other things to sort out, but really it, it's about the pen. And there are some nice, like I'm happier about the depth options that are there. Like I'm happier about guys like Robertson and Fernandez and uh, who's the other one I'm forgetting. Um, I'm spacing out, but I mean, I'm happy. Well, the guy with- they brought in last year uh, in the, um, uh, was it the Rangers trade? Oh gosh, was, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm doing this right now. Um, did a really nice job. What What is his Oh, name? you're talking about King. Yeah, John King, right. Yeah. Uh, I I liked him. I liked him a lot. Like uh, At the end of the season, outside of JoJo Romero, and then once Ryan Helsley got back, as Helsley was really good uh, after he came back from the injured list. But outside of those guys, he was he was the guy that I was trusting the most. Yeah, and again, I, I think, like, the, to me, the depth options are fine. I, I mean, I, and in fact, way better than you had last year. Um, and I would include the rotation in that way, too, because of the guys you've added. Like, you... You're not as you're not as thin even once you get past what you think will be your your 26 man roster. So I, I think you've done that job, and now you add a couple of yeses to the pen because right now I'm looking at it and I said, okay, well, as of now, you've got Zach Thompson, John King, Nick Robertson, and Ryan Fernandez. Kind of like they're kind of penciled in, and yeah, you know, Fernandez has to be kept or he has you risk losing him because he's a Rule Five pick. But I'm okay with having a couple of the guys there, and I just want them to be pieces that rotate in and out. Riley O'Brien's the guy that I forgot, and I'm really interested in him too. I mean, that's a guy. There's a video out there. I think you saw it on Twitter too. He's yeah. like just throwing his winter winter bullpen, and he's throwing 99 to 100. I mean, that's a guy that you know, that's an arm that you like to see, and I like those guys as guys that can ride the shuttle, right? Guys that can go back and forth. If you have an injury, they come up, or if they're pitching well, they come up. And if you need a new body or whatever, you send them down. I mean, I, that those guys are important, even if they're not stars. Absolutely. When you're the Cardinals and you, you're going to use 40-plus of your 40-man roster, that's just the way it is. And uh, putting – I, I think one area actually the Cardinals struggled this past season was some of those AAA depth pieces that ended up, you know, uh, a Caracudo. Like, could, could have they done better yeah. than him as the AAA shortstop yeah. as a guy who has to be able to be activated and be ready to go? Yeah, and I'm worried about that this year unless that guy turns into uh, Sajisi. I think he's got the characteristics of the multi-positional guy who can hit a little bit. Last year, they didn't even have anybody that could play shortstop, and I'm not even sure he can, but – you know, you need somebody at AAA who can at least be a to- a higher-end defensive shortstop, even if they're not going to hit. Right, exactly, 100%. All 
All right, buddy. You got the uh, countdown to opening day show coming up later on tonight, correct? Yeah, we do. It's kind of a, a look back at uh, 2023. We had a lot of fun putting this one together. I think people are going to enjoy hearing it. Awesome. Well, we'll talk to you again at 515. Great. There you go, Matt Pauley. Again, the countdown to opening day show coming up after the 6 o'clock news. He'll join me for sports at 515. Thanks for jumping in on DGS. I'll be back tomorrow. Last show of the year. Yeah.